life is balanced on the unseen? This question from author Eleanor Reese offers us the chance today to explore liminal space. Welcome to the Modern Creative Woman, exploring the art and science of creativity. I am your hostess and creativity expert, Dr. Amy Backos. Let's get started. Liminal space refers to a concept that's popular in anthropology and psychology and art, and it's describing a transitional or a threshold. And it occurs between two really distinct conditions or places or stages in life. And the word itself means threshold. And it really encompasses the transitional spot that we might have in between something that's happening. If you imagine the summer after you graduated from high school or college, and you're in this spot of just graduating, but not yet, you know, off to college or off to a job, you're not quite the adult, you're not quite the student. It's a real liminal space. And a lot of students find that first six months after graduation to be so unsettling and uncertain. And they think, well, maybe I'll never paint or read or think again. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just existing. That's a liminal space. Now, liminal space is often associated with ambiguity, uncertainty, and transformation. Think of it as not being here, but not being there. The familiar is left behind, but the new or the unknown has yet to arrive. I think pregnancy is a great example of a liminal space. You're not quite a parent yet, but you sort of are, but there's no child yet. So this transition stage can happen also in your own personal development. It's formalized in rituals and transitions, right? Like a graduation is to mark transition time or any kind of cultural rites of passage, a bar mitzvah, a bat mitzvah, where people move into this existence as an adult in their faith. There's also liminal spaces in society when we're evolving, when we are moving towards greater civil rights, we're in a liminal space. Now, if you think about in anthropology and looking back over time, liminal space is really focused on those rites of passages where there's maybe a ritual where someone undergoes like a ritualized process where um, they step into a new social role, for example, getting married or, for example, retirement. There's new roles that they're taking on. They're giving up things and they're taking on some other aspect of their identity. Now, during those liminal times, we might feel as if the norms or structures that normally govern our day-to-day existence have been completely upended. And it's true. We are in a space where a nothing's going to be the same again. Now the liminal space has been ritualized so that there's time for introspection, self-discovery, personal growth. 
right? There's an engagement that happens before people get married, or there's a, a usually a plan for retirement before people leave their life in their old job. Psychologically, liminal spaces can really bring about disorientation and vulnerability. We can feel the most uncertain about what's happening to us and where our place is in the universe when we're in a liminal spot. We can have a liminal space in writing where the book's not done, the paper's not done, but it's almost done. And we start to get confused and it doesn't make sense. That's the liminal space. The good news about liminal space is we can help bring it upon ourselves. And it holds so much potential for creativity and exploration and really allowing new perspectives to emerge. There's so much richness in how we're able to use a liminal space. And more recently, liminal space has been extended to describe like physical environments that evoke a similar sense of transition or ambiguity. And if you just look around your room at a doorway, that's like a a threshold, right? In the middle of the doorway, there's no furniture, there's nothing there. You don't use that space inside the doorframe, but it connects one room to the next or it connects the outside to the in. It's really a threshold. You can also think of bridges as incredible liminal spaces. People love to photograph, paint, and write about bridges. You can also think about architectural features that signify movement from one place to another. And certainly film has capitalized on using liminal space for effect. There's a you know, the aesthetic of an empty space or an abandoned space that epitomizes liminal space in movies. If you imagine the stairwell, say you're visiting a hotel and you go down the stairs and they're usually just in the back or adjacent to the elevator. There's nothing particularly special about hotel stairwells for the most part. However, a good director will turn down the lights, give it some eerie music, and suddenly that liminal space takes on a very eerie effect. It can look forlorn, often surreal, those spaces where there's nothing happening yet. It could serve as a transition from dialogue from the characters until the monster jumps out. And it's used in so many different types of films. So you can start really looking for the liminal space in the films that you're watching. It gives a sense of even nostalgia. It allows you to pause and breathe before the next thing happens in the film. Research that was published in the Journal of Environmental Psychology shows that liminal space appears kind of eerie or strange because it falls into this uncanny valley of architecture and physical place. We just aren't able to put our finger on what's supposed to happen. Like that spot in between the doorway or the empty stairwell. We don't know what we're supposed to do except move through it. And so when there's a tension to it, this uh, quote unquote uncanny valley of architecture, 
really gives us that feeling of uncertainty and even a little anxiety. And even some research in the Journal of Science and Culture has attributed this eeriness to familiar places that really are lacking their usually observed context. For example, a conversation held in the stairwell or two people kissing in a doorframe, that there's things happening in those spaces that they aren't necessarily normally used for. I thought of some examples about how we use liminal spaces. And the first one that came to mind was the psychological assessment of the Rorschach. And you're probably familiar with that. It's the inkblot test. It's classic psychology test. It started out as a parlor game. And Rorschach created these cards to take to parties to play with. And he would just ask people, what might this be? And he realized it was an incredible tool for projection. And the research is really good around it. There's tons of statistics around how people interpret these ink blots. And there's been two ways, two systems of understanding the Rorschach. And I've learned both of them. And in the first way, which is what I learned in school, those white spaces in the ink blots, if people use those to project something, it was often associated with anger. And that did not sit right with me. I thought, wait a minute, if we, if you go to art school, you learn all about negative space and how to use the negative space for a really helpful effect. And I was so happy when the new system of Rorschach came out that that empty space they found was associated with creativity. So I I guess I could see how they might be connected, seeing things in a different way or holding a perspective in a different way. But I love that that seeing what's not there is associated with creativity. We also have to think about creating liminal space. And that includes in our home and in our schedule, on the walls in our home and in our dresser drawers, you can create liminal space for incredible effect. But let's talk about scheduling first. Dr. Doris Arrington taught me to always leave room in my schedule. Otherwise, when life happens, it can feel like a crisis. Have you ever been in that situation where something that was urgent came up? You needed to take your pet to the vet, or there was an, a family emergency, or you needed to go to the dentist, or it's time to renew your eyeglass or your contact prescription. Just things that come up where you weren't necessarily planning for it, but it becomes a little urgent. If we don't leave time for these kind of non-essential like things, it becomes an emergency. And so when we leave time in our schedule, when we have that liminal space, we don't know what's going to happen, we're able to deal with whatever arises. And I thought that was some of the best professional advice I have ever gotten. Now, we also need time for creativity. All the research shows that it requires resting time, thinking time, reflection, that creativity and aha moments occur only 
when we're kind of looking away and doing something else. I remember growing up asking my mom how she decided to arrange the pictures that she hung on the wall. And she said, well, we need lots of blank space for our eyes to rest. And she explained how there should be a certain amount of space between the photos and some walls should be left intentionally blank. And I always thought of that like psychological rest by looking. There was rest in the looking. And it's certainly if you look at an architecture or an interiors magazine, there is a lot of space. If you go to a nice hotel, there's a lot of empty space, right? All the drawers are empty. Maybe the shelves are empty. You can also think about negative space in art. Now, imagine or just scroll through your phone and look at your photos. And if you've got a picture with your hand on your hip and there's a a cutout there, that's an empty space. And those triangles are really special in art and certainly in photography so that there's a, a negative space created. And it's really interesting. If you look through magazines, there's usually a negative space the way the models hold their body with their arms away from their body. I also think about in teaching for over a decade research and therapy, the research classes for the master's and the doctoral students involved so much focus on what was not there. When we learn to read critically, we look at what the author says as well as what they're not saying. There's a journal that I love called the Journal of Unsignificant Findings. So most scientific journals publish, you know, the studies where there was significant findings. There was a significant statistically different result from the treatment group and the control group. But wouldn't it be interesting, someone thought, if we reported all the incredible research that people do where they actually didn't find any statistical difference between the groups, that we start to recognize the value in the empty space there, that somebody looked for a particular outcome and it didn't appear. And if we explore that, well, it's a whole journal now. It became a really interesting way to understand what's not there, what doesn't make it into the scientific literature you can find in the Journal of Insignificant Findings. It also makes me think of breaks in a relationship. I don't mean breaking up, but I mean you separate for the day. If one person goes to work, they go to the office, or somebody goes to the grocery store, you're separate and then you come back together. Or maybe one person goes on vacation and the other stays home or you just take separate vacations. There's a a liminal space. You're still in a relationship, but you're not together at that moment. That's another way that liminal space can be used creatively. You know, we get nourished by having conversations with other people. If you imagine yourself in a liminal space... What does it look like? We're always in liminal spaces. Whether it's some kind of transition in our work, our family, or just our own personal development, there's always a liminal space to be found. 
I often give my clients assignments about working in the liminal space so that they can expand it, have a really good look at it, and see what's happening. Here's an example of some assignments that I've given my clients and the members of the Modern Creative Woman. Go take five photographs and see what you can find in terms of liminal space. I have a whole folder on my phone of liminal photographs that I've taken. And there's some really beautiful ones. There's a um, an entrance to a, a shopping plaza by my house. And it has a set of stairs that somebody took the time to plant a beautiful garden. It's the most gorgeous liminal space. If you take these five photographs... Have a look at them, describe them, give them a title and write at least three words to describe the liminal space. You can do all kinds of projection on your liminal space photos. The next time you go to an art museum, give yourself a little treasure hunt to find at least five kinds of liminal space in the art. And that might be a blank section of the canvas where it's a different color. It doesn't contain the object. It might be in a sculpture, the, the gaps. The more you look, the more you'll see. And certainly art museums give you wonderful chances to find liminal space in architecture. So you can also have a good look at liminal space on Reddit. They have an incredible liminal space photography page. So start looking for liminal spaces, both in your personal life and out in the world, and really start to expand them, get curious about them. There is so much richness and creativity in the liminal space. So now that you know, what will you create? Have a wonderful week, and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode. And hey, come join me in The Modern Creative Woman on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Dr. Amy Backos. And you can be a friend of the pod and keep this free content accessible for women. And if you have yet to get your copy of The Five Values of The Modern Creative Woman, hop on over to Art Therapy Center SF join our mailing list and you'll get your free copy of the five aspirational principles that you need to live your modern creative life.